I think that this is becoming less and less of a sensitive topic and more and more of an explosive topic, but it is one that needs to be discussed. It, it is a, a situation that is taking place in society, and so uh, we cannot ignore it. We cannot just uh, shut it down. Uh, we need to engage the culture. Christians need to engage the culture. And yes, sometimes that means going into the LGBT community. And sometimes those people uh, in, in that community are going to come to us. And I think what some of them are probably expecting is to be Bible thumped and told that they're sinners um, and that they're going to go to hell. And so we know with, with places like Westboro Baptist, which I don't think is a, was a Christian organization, I think they were a cult with their God hates fag signs. You know, that was all going on in the early 2000s and in the 90s. There was just this, you know, hatred that was coming from one direction to another, vice versa. And so uh, after having some encounters and conversations and learning and hearing the hearts and minds of people who are either in the LGBT community or they've come out of that community, I really think that this is something that, that Christians need to sit down across from the table and, and have these conversations because from a spiritual perspective, right? So yes, we, we know uh, what God says in his word, but I think we've reached a point and we're you know, dealing with a generation where that's not good enough. You know, um, people know the Bible, they know they're living in sin, and in some cases, it's just, it's rebellion. And so at the end of the day, we do have to draw uh, some lines and be firm uh, with the truth, and then also be loving at the same time. And so that, you know, involves sometimes you just have to take a walk with a person. You have to take a walk, proverbially speaking. I mean, you can physically take a walk, but you know what I'm saying. Um, you don't necessarily have to put yourself in their shoes, but just know that the Bible says in Romans 3 that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We were all sinners. We were all on a, a collision course to hell until Jesus wrecked us, right? Those of us who are born again. And so just because one person's sin looks a certain way uh, doesn't make it any better or any worse uh, than what your sin is. And, you know, uh, I was writing a blog uh, recently called uh, What is the Greatest Sin? And uh, so you can check it out on bigviewsmallwindow.com. That will soon be published. And in one part of the blog, I actually talked about the sin that I thought was the greatest as far as society goes, American society. And you may be surprised to hear um, that I, I don't think the LGBT community, I don't think that's our biggest problem. Um, I don't think racism is our biggest problem. I, I, I really think that our biggest problem in America, and this is going to seem so trivial and so small, but hear me out. I, th I think the, the most prevalent and greatest sin that we are dealing with right now in America is the sin of lying. Lying is so... Uh, it's so easy to do and there's no consequences, no immediate consequences. And so at the root of all of those other sinful things I just named um, are lies. It's lies the devil is telling, it's lies that evil people are telling, um, and there's, there's just every form of wickedness that comes from lying. And so from lying, we have different communities and little subcultures of people who are living in rebellion because somebody told them that it was okay. And you know what? At the end of the day, I suppose you have free will. 
and you can do what you want. Uh, but I am one Christian that will tell you uh, what it takes to get to heaven, how you get there. And you definitely won't get there living a lie. The seventh commandment, which is found in Exodus 20:14, is thou shalt not commit adultery. And you know what? That commandment stands on its own merit. And here's why. All sex outside of marriage between a husband and a wife, that is a biological man living as a man and a biological woman living as a woman, all sex outside of that union is sin. So the Lord did not need to add addendums and, and put in put within the commandments all these other sexual relationships. So whether it's same sex, whether it's fornication, um, whether it's with minors, with ex- animals, etc., etc. I mean, if you read through, I think it's the book of Leviticus, the Lord does give uh, the statutes and the ordinances by which the people should live. And so a statue and an ordinance is basically coming from what the law is. And God intended for the marriage bed to be a holy thing. And so I just wanted to get that out of the way so you know where I stand. Um, It's not as if I'm perfect. I don't live in in a world surrounded by perfect people. But this is the truth that we just have to keep coming back to because it does not change. Uh, What I think Christians need to understand is that many LGBT people are familiar with the Bible. As a matter of fact, several uh, people that I have talked to in the past over the years uh, are are even ex-churchgoers. And a lot of them, I'm sorry to say, I'm going to put this religion on blast, but I think about seven or eight out of ten people that I've talked to in the LGBT community, they were Catholics. Um, That, you know, I I don't know what that says about that religion. I I don't think it's a good look, but, you know... It is what it is. And so uh, I think in America, because the gospel is so widely spread, or at least some form of it is, and people have heard of the name of Jesus, we need to approach uh, these topics uh, with a degree of knowledge that people may have a, a certain understanding or at least have heard some of the stories in the Bible, especially Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and they've also probably heard about what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter one, right? So Old Testament, New Testament, these tend to be uh, probably the go-to for a lot of Christians to give a demonstration of what God thinks and, and how he feels about uh, the this sexual sin, in, in particular homosexual sin. So like I said, I, I wager in America, almost everyone in the adult generations are aware. Now, kids are just kids, and they shouldn't be learning about sex of any kind when they're five, six, seven, eight, nine years old, period. So, with uh, having Pride Week um, and, and having these gender discussions with middle schoolers and preschoolers, uh, to me, if you ask me, a stranger doing that with a child, uh, the, the day that I come from, uh, that was called, you know, molestation. Uh, that sort of thing leads to rape. That sort of thing leads to all sorts of uh, children being taken advantage of. When adults are instructing and talking to them about sexual things, right? And these adults are not their parents. These adults are not someone, you know, that cares about them. These are state employees. And so that that whole situation uh, just needs to be shut down. And so uh, every leader who has 
uh, a platform or some level of authority or power needs to be doing everything they can to protect children. But adults are going to be, you know, kind of free to do what they want and make the choices they make. You know, when I was in college, I had an RA who was in a relationship with a woman. And, you know, prior to that, I think I had been saved for maybe two years, three years, four, somewhere in there. I was still pretty young, pretty gung-ho, pretty in-your-face kind of Jesus freak. Uh, but I knew how to dial it down. You know, I mean, when I got around my kind of peoples, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I knew how to dial it down. And I learned early in my walk with Christ how to, you know, try to meet somebody where they are. So my RA, I was working for the school newspaper at the time. And I ended up interviewing her about a prize she had won for like a, a science experiment or something. So totally unrelated. Well, by the time the interview was over, uh, we had I had turned the recorder off and we were just kind of sitting on our bed in her room. And I don't remember for the life of me how the conversation got started. I really don't. But at some point, we just ended up talking about her relationship with women. And I found out she was a Catholic. And she told me about how when she would go to church when she was younger, when she knew that she had these feelings for women and her mom or her dad or somebody, you know, whoever she went to church with, Every time, you know, that the pastor would preach a sermon about sexual sins, she would get, you know, nudges and, you know, a talking to afterwards. And, you know, it just wasn't helpful. It, it pushed her in another direction. But I think at that point was when I finally opened up to the place where I could, like, listen and understand. I don't know that I was, like, super judgmental before. I think I was just, you know, excited about God. And I knew, you know, I knew I've always known what, what, sin is but it wasn't necessarily my mission to go around pointing it out to everybody what it was if it needed to happen then yeah but in this instance I had an opportunity to get to know this lady and so I did I don't know that I I don't remember saying anything impactful or truly significant to her I don't know perhaps a seed was planted she knew I was a Christian though like that wasn't uh that wasn't hidden at all it was obvious who I hung around the music I listened to the cross I wore on my neck I mean for all intents and purposes my outward appearance did reflect what was true on the inside so you know she knew and of course by the line of questions that I had she knew that I was a believer as well and um, so uh, some several years later, which was still several years ago, right? So I've been some places several years after having that conversation with my RA, I ended up in a job where I traveled and I met a young woman who uh, was in the process of transitioning. She had cut her hair really low. She had chosen a, a male name for herself and she was just trying this out and she was, you know, getting into this community. That was the first time I had ever encountered someone who wanted to change their sex. And now the, the way that people come to me, like the Lord sends people to me in a way that I can handle. So if I can encourage Christians with that, uh, the Lord knows where you are. The Lord knows where they are. They're not going to send, send the, the staunch, raging atheist person in your direction unless you're skilled in apologetics. OK, because the, the idea or, or actually the, the commission that Jesus wants you to be on is to win the soul. Right. So the people that the Lord sent to me, I have faith that I can actually witness to the person or share my testimony or just meet them where they are. So this young woman um, was talking about getting a double mastectomy and she was just really getting into the boy thing. She was also the first person that kept using the word conservative like it was a cuss word. And this was before I was ever into politics. So I had no idea what her deal was with the word conservative. And I had her explain it to me. I'm sure I could have figured it out, but I wanted to hear from her heart what she meant by that. And of course she meant like religious right, right wing, you know, people who just had no um, patience and no time for her type. 
And I said, okay, well, I mean, I don't know that I'm one of those kinds of people, but I'll hear you out. What's the deal? She explained to me why she wanted to transition, et cetera, et cetera. And I just said, okay, whatever. I mean, she was the person that was the easiest to talk to in the training class on that job. So she was the person I had lunch with and I took walks with and it, her sin didn't rub off on me. So if there are Christians who are worried about that, then you just need to make sure that you're secure and you're firm in your relationship with God because taking a walk with a sinner shouldn't throw you off course. He didn't throw Jesus off course. So this person was my friend. And we had different travel schedules, but every time I would see her at headquarters, I was always so glad that she never got her boobs removed. (laughs) She had told me she didn't want to have kids. She didn't want to blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if she fully transitioned into being a guy. She was in these relationships. I had one window of opportunity where I talked to her about her lifestyle and she brought it to me. I'm, I'm telling you, I never had to bring it up. She just was around me. She saw and, you know, and I didn't have to like do anything, you know, I just talked to her and every now and then we talk about God. Um, but she was also a person in her past life uh, where she had been nudged in church and, you know, there was some church hurt there. And then there was, you know, relational things with her dad and whatnot. And so I, I just took all of that into advisement and understanding. And, and I was able to have conversations in an appropriate manner never Bible thumped her. And that one time we had a conversation, she came back from a manager's office and just, I don't remember how that conversation got started either. Other than she just randomly, we were sitting there working together. She went and had the meeting with her boss and came back and just was, you know what, Tiffany, here's my thoughts for the day. And she had been struggling because she'd been wearing dresses. She's like, you know, sometimes I just want to wear dresses. And I just flat out looked at her and I said, well, you're a woman. So wear a dress if you want to wear a dress. If you want to wear pants, then wear pants. It's not an identity crisis thing. I said, look at me. I said, I, I dress boyish all the time. And it doesn't mean anything, you know. And she she heard me out. And so, I mean, I just remember it being a good conversation. I did have to let her know up front, like, hey, I will call you by the male name you've chosen. I'll, I'll respect that. I said, but pronouns, I'm sorry, you're going to have to forgive me. And she was like, no, I understand. And so, I mean, it was that simple. I know I planted some seeds. Uh, she wasn't in a place where she was ready to accept Christ in that moment. But I mean, I talked to her about it and I told her, you have a choice. It's, it's free will. You can either keep going the way you're going or you can change it. And she's like, yeah, I know. And it was kind of like the conversation was, was over. Sometimes you're going to plant. Sometimes you're going to water. Sometimes, you know, the Lord will allow you to be present when the increase happens. But the power of the glory, it's all his. And so don't don't push too hard. Just listen. Sometimes I feel like if if Christians would just listen, if we would just listen, lend our ear and, and we can learn so much from somebody who's been through so much, you know. Now, I, I've never met anyone who just woke up and decided that they were attracted to the same sex or they wanted to be the opposite sex. So I'm going to make a, a, a disclaimer here. And if someone can disprove it, you let me know. My email is Tiffany at BigViewSmallWindow.com. But the disclaimer I'm going to say here is I believe that that these particular sins are 100% relational. So what that means to me is, is that those living in, in sin and alternative sexualities and sinful lifestyles, this also includes fornication, by the way, two people who are living together, who are heterosexuals, you're living in sin too. So don't think that that's off the hook. And I know that the church sweeps that under the rug so much, but they want to point this LGBT thing out. So just, just, you know, putting that out there. So know that. But basically, this is these re, these issues are always traced back to some relational issue. Sometimes there's abuse. I mean, of all kinds, not always sexual. 
sometimes there's neglect abandonment bullying i mean really you know things can trigger us to start living in ways that are that are opposite of what god intended uh, because he's not the person that we run to and if you get into a situation where it was the people of god that offended you and hurt you well that just takes the person that much longer to come back around I do believe that sexual sins, all sexual sins are rooted in rebellion. So I think at the, at the root of every sex, you think about every person living a sexually deviant life at the root of that, you will find the sin of rebellion hands down hundred percent. I feel safe with making that 100% rational assumption again and rebellion. You know what rebellion does? It breeds self-hatred. Um, it breeds suicide and sometimes it can breed violence. It can breed lashing out. And so we're seeing that in society with those who are who are very brainwashed, very sexualized, and they become violent. That's not always the case. I don't think that's a prototype for every person living in an alternative lifestyle, but I'm saying it can lead to those things. Nevertheless, here's my here's my word of wisdom to Christians. If we care about people, which we all profess to do, then we will take the time to listen to these testimonies. We meet, we will meet people where they are we won't expect them to be where we are we will meet them where they are and then we will guide them to the truth so this takes more than inviting someone to church and then when they finally come we're giving them nudges and side eyes when the pastor is preaching just because that sermon was really good and that altar call was perfectly timed doesn't mean that the the soil is ready it doesn't mean that that person is ready to give their all to jesus but you know if you introduce them to christ And if you continue to have those conversations with them, as long as they are open to that and you let them know, you know, what's truth and what's not, what's truth and what's not, then at the, at the end of the day, when the timing is right for that person and the Holy Spirit has worked on that person, then that fallow ground will be broken up and 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 they will be born again you know i mean it's it's not impossible for somebody living in in these alternative lifestyles to be born again so we just need to keep that in mind we need to have patience god sees where they are and he needs his people to slow down stop looking at the outward appearance and learn to discern what's in the heart